Hey, Real Talk podcast listener, Alberta's boom isn't limited to oil and gas. Its craft brewing scene is Canada's best. So what's the secret? On this Real Talk roundtable, we crack a few cold ones with three of the province's most passionate beer evangelists. This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Well, if you're tuned into this episode of Real Talk, it's because you love beer, you're intrigued by beer, you want to learn more about beer, you're trying to figure out what's all the fuss about when it comes to craft brewing in particular in our home province of Alberta. It's safe to say that the province of Alberta has been leading the charge in craft brewing over the past few years. The numbers don't lie nor does the reputation. Some of Canada's best brewers are from right here on the prairies. You're going to meet three expert voices today as we head into Alberta Beer Week. This episode of Real Talk is presented by our friends at Rello. If this is the time of year when you start thinking about new opportunities maybe you're thinking about reinventing yourself you you see the kids going back to school and meantime you're feeling stuck and unsatisfied in your current job well now's the perfect time to go back to school for a new career yourself why not launch a rewarding career in real estate with rello's affordable online courses their courses make it easy to pass your exam and get your real estate license so you can run your own business set your own hours and be your own boss how good is that the earning potential unlimited plus you'll be helping people every day as they buy or sell their homes the best thing about rello is how committed they are to your success they have live instructors who host online exam prep sessions every saturday and they have a ton of resources to help you launch your real estate business well after you've passed the exam and gotten licensed and here's the best part real talkers because you listen or watch this show you're going to save 20% off any Rello course with the code REALTALK. That's all one word, REALTALK, 20% off any course at Rello. That's R-E-L-O dot C-A. Well, I'm looking forward to this hour sitting around the Real Talk roundtable with three beer experts. Chelsea Tessier uh, launched with her husband their brand new brewery in March of this year, just by the TELUS World of Science in Alberta's capital city of Edmonton. Polyrhythm Brewing is the result of a lifetime of fascination with the craft. Chelsea's been home brewing since 2017. She was the president of the Edmonton Homebrewers Guild for three years, and she's been a certified beer judge for the past five years she's making a real talk debut welcome to the show it's good to see you thank you yeah i think we might have your mic killed let me just make sure that that button's pushed that's on me not you can we hear you now thank you we can hear you loud and clear (laughs) (laughs) um so we're gonna do something fun um before as we introduce each panelist here we've asked you and and like we're obviously crushing beers on this round table it'd be kind (laughs) of weird to talk about it and not enjoy it um so we've asked everybody to bring like one or two or three of their favorite brews or a brew they (laughs) want to talk about uh you brought some of your best work i'm assuming i see the beautiful polyrhythm cans what did you bring today so i brought uh kind of our uh one of our course our snare buzz new england and IPA. So this one's 6.7, so maybe not a good breakfast beer, but uh, yeah, so it has lots of fruity, tropical uh, pineapple passion fruit, and we just released this one yesterday. So this is our uh, Acid Rock, which is an apricot sour with cinnamon, so it's really wow. like fall inspired. Uh, we didn't mm. want to do a pumpkin beer, so this was our alternative. I like <laughs> that apricot sour with cinnamon. So which are you having for me? Would it make you feel better if we told everybody that we pre-taped this at 6 p.m.? <laughs> Does that make everybody feel better nope. about what we're doing? Nope. It would Send help it. me. No, Andrew's ready to go <laughs> for brunch. Yeah, Andrew's ready to go for brunch. Uh, so you're, you're going to be enjoying the apricot sour? I think the so, yeah. Well, that was 4.7%. 4. 4.7%. So, 4. That's yeah, perfect to kick off the day. Beer, yeah. All right, good. Well, help yourself to the poor. Uh, it's my pleasure now to introduce a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Cole Boyd, uh, is one of the straws that stirs the drink. They don't put straws in their beers <laughs> at Best Stick Brewing. <laughs> I can't help myself. Well, but Cole's been uh, an owner with Bent Stick for the last five years before that. You, you've probably enjoyed his work at the Fallen Timber Meadery, the Ribstone Creek Brewery as well. Uh, Cole's been uh, keeping a keen eye on the industry over the past 10 years or so since the laws around small breweries changed. And we'll be getting into that. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm excited. You're a real talker. We always love getting 
getting real talkers in the studio, pal. So welcome. Yeah, got a nice drive every morning to listen to it. So it's yeah, so well. Good stuff. What are you going to be enjoying today as we talk? Uh, I'll probably sip on. Uh, we brewed Unity Brew this year again, which we'll get into a little further. But every year, the brewers, the Small Brewers Association, get together uh, and brew a beer together to raise money for advocacy for small brewers and all of the proceeds from this beer that starts being sold around small breweries today. Uh, ends up going back to the association to help grow Alberta beer. So I'll start sipping on that this morning. Uh, I won't shy away. It's 6.5%. You know what I love day. about that? And, and, and I'm sure that this is going to come up and become evident through the roundtable, but you know, the number one beer that you're choosing to feature is a beer. I mean, here's your opportunity for thousands of people to hear about your beer, and you're talking about one, uh, and the revenues aren't going directly into your pocket. And, and that's kind of the spirit of I mean, everybody wants to make a great living. Everybody wants to be a successful brewery, but it seems like everybody's watching out for everybody else's back yeah cooperation is kind of the thing we, we we toss around and so we we understand that we're kind of small fish in a big pond and we can help each other not get eaten by the big guys and huh. so every now and again we we do things like this and help each other out to make sure that we all succeed i love to hear it uh, uh andrew ironmonger is sitting next to you uh another pal and andrew is uh one of the people and and, and you're the driving force i'm not trying to start a fight within your publishing group <laughs> but let's be honest with the alberta craft beer guide a lot of people have been picking up that print magazine uh, that started way back in 2016 which was maybe certainly not the very beginning of craft brewing in alberta we have some of the ogs that have been around mm-hmm. but 2016 was when things were really ramping it was up before everything really 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 blew up yeah and andrew's been uh alberta beer guide uh, includes beer news storytelling a podcast different events which have been very well attended um andrew recently completed uh about a year and a half stint as a project coordinator over at sea change and uh moonlights as, as co-founder of uh, Edmonton's second most exciting team to watch, which is the Three Piners basketball <laughs> team. Yeah, <laughs> of course, a beer-themed <laughs> basketball team that, that features mostly brewers and then a couple podcasters as well, I heard. So it's nice to have you here on the show. Yeah, man. thanks, Jess. What are you it. drinking, buddy? So uh, good friends of mine, uh, Mason and Ryan, own Ale Architect Brewing, and they make absolutely stellar beers. We've done a number of uh, post-basketball beers there in our time. Um, this is day drift. I thought we'd start off the day, you know, a little more responsible than these hooligans over here. Uh, <laughs> this one's a 4.5% uh, dry hopped American pale ale called day drift. So you can kind of drift through your day. It's like, don't look at what time is on the clock. Just turn off your watch and uh, pour up a beer. I like it. Um, I today am going to be enjoying <clears throat> one of my favorite relatively new beers and uh this one is brewed by arcadia brewing uh they're in manchester square here in edmonton and this is their good bit uh, i love that good bit is like a ref- uh, and i've asked them i asked them because i could never come up with this i said can you guys send me i went and grabbed a growler and i said can you guys send me the description on this so it's it's refreshingly sour with a punch of blueberry um as they say good bit is summer in a glass but here i am laughing at summer into fall <laughs> uh pours a beautiful purple pink with a dry sparkling finish overflowing with lemon and blueberry goodness supported by as they say, white bread goodness. Oh, is that Wonder Bread? A light, refreshing, sour, fruited take <laughs> on a classic German wheat ale, perfect for breakfast. So cheers, everyone, and yeah. officially welcome to the Real Talk Roundtable. It's, it's wonderful us. to have you all here. Guys, guys, I'm a little left out of it. Oh, my God. Johnny, <laughs> somebody's got to run Toss the control. Something. What, what are you into? What do you like? Anything. I'm into, I'll drink gasoline at this time <laughs> of the morning. Thank you. That one's better than gasoline. It's a little yum yum juice. What did you just hand Johnny? <laughs> It's a yum-yum juice. Tropical tart ale. That sounds pretty nice. Johnny, what's your... When, when you and I have... Um, I wasn't going to... I'm not going to... I am throwing you under the bus right here, but I'm doing it with love <laughs> like for the good of the show. Because um, typically, when Johnny and I are grabbing a beer, I'll go a little bit more of the crap, but I'm all over the map. Like, I'll, I'll crush Coors Lights and Bud Lights on the golf course. I'll crush... You know, I mean, I walk out... Uh, my fantasy <laughs> hockey team yeah. is called the Hannah Haymakers, and so I pick up bent stick haymaker nice. and bring it to our hockey draft every single summer rep the haymaker beers uh, but johnny you typically team to be you're, you're a little bit more like lighter beer kind of like the, the, the pilsners the the light like loggers yeah, right i would That's, say i'm a safe guy you're more the adventurer you like you're yeah. always bringing in hey we gotta try this the yeah other, the other day you brought in like something that tastes like mcdonald's orange drink with yeah with vodka <laughs> that's in the it. mcshitty that it stuff's was, pretty good oh my god it's <laughs> crazy but yeah i'm usually like i slick to like like my three top beers are like 
Miller High Life and Coors Banquet and stuff like that. Like so, but but I love going to craft craft breweries and, and checking everything out. And I love sampling a bit of everything. I love the flights and everything yeah. like that. So yeah. So Chelsea, when you hear that and you're you're opening your new brewery, and of course you know it's a competitive scene. There's a lot of craft breweries. Plus, there's as Cole called them the big guys. How much of your business plan or how much of your strategy is is let's brew something that the guy that's drinking Miller High Life is going to love? And how much of it is like, let's give the beer nerds what they want? How how do you kind of plot out what you're going to brew? Well, we have a blonde ale. So that's what we suggest to people when they come in looking for beer, beer. Um, And having some like simpler styles like a red ale and... um, and also some crazy hazies, uh, like 8% beers that are like dosed with so much hops. So that keeps the beer nerds entertained and having a little bit of everything. Yeah. Are you self-taught? Yeah. Um, because you have a, I was, you have a bachelor of science from the university of Waterloo and you working as, you were working as an ecotoxicology supervisor, Yeah, <laughs> which has nothing to do with brewing, right? No, no, but I still Ooh, use a lot of that science background. Okay, so, yeah, of um, yeah, yeah, using like a microscope to count yeast and, um, yeah, like so, so much of that work translates over to brewing. And uh, it was actually one of my coworkers who lent me their homebrew kit, uh, way back when which started this whole thing now we own a brewery that's amazing <laughs> that's incredible and like what a leap right to turn yeah. this into your full-time gig you and your husband yeah yeah, yeah. it was nerve-wracking um but when you go through the the effort of building the whole brewery and then you have to go and brew the beer then uh it's not as daunting because you went through the whole process of actually building a whole space <laughs> right totally cool how do you guys um i mean ben stick's been around for a while um can we talk about the history of ben stick are we allowed to get do into it. that i would love yeah. to like can you tell us where the name came from and how the <laughs> team started yeah so uh, ben stick was initially uh four partners two of which have moved on uh scott Kendall and curtis jansen are no longer part of the team but they've been replaced by myself and lisa davis um, but all, and it's like all the owners of bent stick can brew. I no longer get on the hoses much anymore cause everyone else is more capable than I am, but, uh, we're all brewer based, which is kind of cool. Um, and yeah, it started back in 2016. Our first beer was sold July 1st and we started way up on the North end, like Fort road and one thirty seventh in like an 1800 square foot concrete box. Yeah. Uh, we How were, big was a tap room. Uh, we were allowed to have eight people, <laughs> eight people. <laughs> yeah. And that's all we ever had. Yes, um, for sure. And uh, yeah, and so we started, we were just like, we were at Edmonton's first nano brewery. And so we were aggressive home brewers. We'd make 350 liter batches at a time. I guarantee you, Chelsea made that much in a week before. No, um, no. <laughs> as a home brewer. Um, and then eventually we couldn't keep up over there. Um, once we, well, initially we only packaged beer in like the bomber bottles, the 650 milliliter bottom. Uh, bottles and we didn't have a tap room because we joked that we're good at beer and bad at business and so we <laughs> made beer in a format people didn't want um, and eventually pivoted and so we added the tap room we got beer into cans and then once we had beer into cans we just couldn't keep up anymore and so we started to contract brew so we we paid other breweries to use their space and produce beer for us um, and then that grew to the point where we're like you know what we can probably build our own shop now and so that's when we started to do the work on our, our new building. And you guys on, just opened a brand new, beautiful space. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, it's a cool space. So it's, the building's over 100 years old. We're yeah. on the north end of Happy Beer Street. They're on 99th Street and 78th Ave. Um, and the building was initially built to package 7-Up when it had lithium in it still. We found, like, one of the bottles up in the rafters. <laughs> um, I was unaware. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, Wings Foods took over the building after that, and they're still our landlords today. So we joke. That's an iconic brand. Yeah, so we joke that it's the Plum Sauce Palace. So like every packet of Plum Sauce or Fortune Cookie you've ever had was started in that building, and then it was Amber's Brewing for a little bit. Uh, they were a little before their time, and then it was vacant for a long time, and then we got a hold of it in 2021 and gutted the building and replaced all the mechanical, plumbing, electrical, everything and built it to be a space people want to hang out in. You guys know you have to do a plum sauce sour at some (laughs) point. It's been discussed. Yeah, I would hope (laughs) so. Uh, Drew, how many breweries, how many craft breweries are there in Alberta right now? It's like, isn't it over 75? Oh, yeah. Uh, Like physical locations, I say it's 120 right now. Yeah, might even 130. And then with contract brewing, there's another couple dozen contract brewers but so they like, don't have a space but they have a brand okay so yeah. th- th- there's up to 150 brands craft brews in alberta ish approximately yeah, there's minimum. over 100 let's yeah. say to be safe yeah. um 15 years ago there was like 
10? 15 years ago is what, 2012? Like, it's interesting. Like, like if you think about, like, yeah. and, and, and it's, I, I, always, I always struggle with this where people will look at, and I'll use, like, bands as an example. A band is, like, um, good and, 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 like, sort of grassroots and everybody loves them. And then all of a sudden the band, like, Apple pays for their song in an ad or GM pays. And then everyone's like, the band sold out. The band got too big. And you look at craft brewing. And it seems like there are breweries that started craft and maybe still are craft. I don't know where to draw the line. Mm -hmm. I think the audience might be interested. They get acquired by a big player. And then all of a sudden, you know, in in a weird or maybe a fair way, they almost like lose their credibility. They almost like lose their street cred as craft. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'll, I'll take it out of province. So I don't pick any fights. But Granville Island is a classic example yeah. out of Vancouver. <clears throat> and there are some here in Alberta as well. So then how do you draw the distinction? Like, can you get too big and lose your street cred in a weird way? Uh, from my perspective, yes. But I think most people don't care. But some people, like, if you're in it, if you're in the game and you like, you love beer, you're in it. Like, I don't know. I can't speak for you guys. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, the guys that start a band at Peak, they're friends of mine. And they blew up and they were acquired by a giant company and I'm happy for them. It's like, I want something like that to happen to me too. That sounds great. Totally. Um, but I don't think I've spent money on one of their beers since it happened because I know that there's other breweries that if I spend my money on local businesses actually own locally, I know that money stays in the community because you're going to take your money and spend it with the local maltster and the local hops and, and employing local people. Whereas any profits from that company now goes to a giant, you know, shareholders in Belgium type. Right. Of thing, right. Yeah, sure. How do you build your brand, Chelsea? Have you been doing it since, since you launched this spring? Like choosing is it all, yeah and, Well, no, just to, like, is it all word of mouth? Like getting like out to the, obviously doing stuff like this, you know, participating in Alberta Beer Week. You've, you, you know, I know that you got your fingers crossed. We'll find out who's nominated <laughs> for some of the big awards in just a short while. But, but is, is, is this kind of a word of mouth scene? It's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of going to farmer's markets and getting in front of people, doing liquor store tastings yeah. and, um, always pivoting and trying to do events and and just yeah word of mouth and trying to get in front of people but it's a lot of work it's a lot more work than i thought it was going is to that be. right yeah <laughs> it's a hustle i was gonna say talk about the event you just hosted at your brewery on what saturday oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so talking about um like breweries working together we started uh, a hop pocket so it's on the north side of the river hop pocket yeah i love it yeah, yeah that's nice. <laughs> so it includes eight breweries uh we have arcadia and asymmetrical brewsters campio growlery irrational odd company and polyrhythm um so we've been doing some fun events it's a great like, list yeah yeah um we've been doing some events so we just hosted a cask event in our front parking lot um and we had eight casks. Uh, we sold out um, within a couple weeks, so that was great. It was so much fun. We had live music. We had a taco truck. Um, yeah, so that's one event. We've been doing uh, some cask relays where over a weekend, like two breweries will host on the Friday, three on the Saturday, three on the Sunday. I love what you're doing yeah. this trick-or-treat event. Yeah, yeah. This is so cool. You want to yeah. the beer and candy pairing? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the week before Halloween, every brewery is going to have a uh, beer that they have on top, and they're going to pair it with candy. So when you go to the brewery and you order that beer and trick-or-treat, then they'll give you some candy with your beer. What's your favorite <laughs> Halloween candy? Uh, I think I've been toying with the idea of doing uh, this beer with uh, Nerds. So that's your, which one is that the again? The Snare Buzz. Snare yeah. Buzz. So all the passion fruit pineapple with like the nerd candy. Oh, yeah. that would be good. Yeah. I'm just trying have to, think. to find the little packets. Yeah. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always digging for Kit Kats <laughs> in, oh, in yeah. the Halloween bag. I don't know what you would pair. Maybe like a porter or something. Yeah. So like a stout. Yeah. yeah. A stout or a porter. Um, hey, Johnny, how's the beer, by the way? It's very good. You like it? Yeah. It, it, lots of people on the chat uh, chiming in. I, I like this question. D does Does being, you know, being hip, being, uh, what is it? Where no, is I like question? this. I was just going to get Jason's to <laughs> street yeah. cred, pay the bills. Yeah, like <clears throat> does being being known for using quality ingredients and all that stuff totally. beat marketing and being cool, you know? That's a fair question. And like you, like you said, it's it's nice. Like if, if someone like, offered me $10 million for this company, sold. Yes. <laughs> like every, every, sold. Everyone has a price. That being said, um, like your street cred, like your reputation, that's your brand. Everything you do builds your brand. And if you build a good brand, then people flock to it. 
Yeah. I think sell out and then build a new brand. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to invite, and like Johnny and I will both keep an eye on the chat here, but I love, I I want to invite those that are uh, live tuning and watching us right now to to let us know, like, what's your favorite beer? Like, people are giving shouts out to their favorite breweries. Uh, Cactus Sheriff says uh, Valley Brewing and Drumheller. Nice. Says they're just, oh, look at that. All three of you guys like that. Stellar. Uh, Says their Discovery Raspberry Ale uh, is the best fruit beer that he's ever had. Um, Yeah, Giants for Life giving a shout out to all New England IPAs, which is kind of cool. Um, Hey, so the fruit beer. Um, nobody chirped me when I when I brought out the good bit. Is it like I brought I, one along too? Yeah, and I'm uh, yeah. So is it is it like do people sort of you know sort of back in the day it seemed and it wasn't that long ago you'd get beaked you'd get chirped for ordering fruit beers but I love them. I th- um, it's pretty much like fifty percent of what I drink. Yeah, I think they're we, like as craft brewers we try to lean into beers for everyone, and so there's no there's no girly beers, there's no manly beers, there's just beer yeah and so if you want to have uh apricot cinnamon sour or a concord grape kolsch like have at it i haven't just... tried your concord grape what's kolsch it called Bol- yeah. Cole, what's it called juice box hero juice box give you stars in your eyes very uh, well done <laughs> who comes up with the ideas is this is this a team decision is it the brewmaster that decides it's a whole mix um we've had beers that like one of our my partners Patrick and I did an event in Jasper and so we had to spend 10 hours in the car together mm-hmm. and yes. you just wander and you that's where Juicebox Hero came up with and <laughs> yeah you just wander around and what about this or I had a beer that was like this and it was there or sometimes you come up with a beer name and then you got to figure out a beer to make for the name I love that name. idea <laughs> I love that one uh, Andrew what are some of the so you know you're, you're a guy that obviously you've done some work for breweries but I, I would say you're known in Alberta's beer scene in the in the craft beer scene for you know, you're publishing and for keeping an eye on the industry and mm-hmm. for having a good sense of what's going on. Um, what are some of the wilder beers or more out there beers that you've that you've seen that you've really enjoyed? Are, are there a couple that are on your radar, maybe that have been released recently? So I I got to give a plug to Ale Architect again because they make Balsam, and Balsam is an English dark mild, which is not a very popular style. Um, think of it if you like Guinness. It like looks dark and heavy, but when you actually drink a good Guinness, it's really light and yeah. clean and refreshing and low percentage. Balsam is that beer. So we'll like play basketball games or we'll be in the hot summer sunshine and order these dark looking beers with this creamy head. And it's 3.8% and you can drink them all day. Uh, before LR Yeah, you've opened, proven that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the story. Uh, we got invited to the brewery like about a week before they opened, our basketball team after a match. And... I had a balsam and I was like, oh my God, it was on nitro. It was so light and creamy. It's like, it's the Guinness killer is what I call it. Um, It's just so good. It hits a spot. I have another, I usually don't drink the same beer two in a row, like pints. And then I had another, I didn't drink three in a row. So the next day I'm chatting with uh, Taylor, one of the brewers and owners of Sea Change. He's on our team as well. And I was like, dude, like three in a row. It's amazing. That's such a high review on a beer. And his response was, I had seven. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, that's great reviews. And then another buddy on our team a few weeks later, his birthday was at like, we're only there for like, ah, throw him out under the bus a bit. We were there for like two and a half hours, but he was, they just, you put him away. Uh, we're there uh, a few weeks later, Steve on our team, he's a big gangly guy. He's going for the record. He ends up putting in 10 in a session. It's over like six, seven hours. It's his birthday. People are coming and going this and that. He's eating food and this and that. I like you throwing he's eating food, <laughs> just in case Steve's mom is listening. <laughs> if you could drink seven or ten of something in a row and still love every drip of it, that's yeah. a good beer. Especially something that appears to be so big and heavy. Yeah, I would never think, I'm like, oh, I'll way, just, right? yeah, I'm down for three in a row. It's yeah. like you have one, you go, yeah, that hit the spot, and then you... You know what I love? I mean, I'm just I'm just so uh, passionate about this Real Talk community, and I love hearing stories like this. Heidi is in the live <laughs> chat, and Heidi has been on the show, Heidi Bergstrom, and uh, she's talked about a lot of things, and people know her to be a really thoughtful, empathetic person. She says, hi, Cole, first of all. She says, Cole and I live in the same town, and after my Real Talk debut, Cole dropped off a bunch of beer on my front porch to congratulate me. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, we went to university together. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that, man. That's really great. Um, Hey, how about this? Uh, Noob Try Again throwing two bucks into our super chat. We love that, Noob. Thanks very much. Says, I'm not huge on beer, but I would love to hear some local cider suggestions. I've got 
time all day long to talk about cider. Are you doing any cider at Polyrhythm, or is it a? To- I don't know it's much a about. Different license. Totally different setup. Yeah. Totally different license. Different licensing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is a yeah. There's a, a cool way we can work around some of that though, in that the AGLC, who we have to register all our products through to sell in our tap rooms and around the province, allows us to do collaborations with other companies, and so much like the Unity Brew is a collaboration to allow us to sell in all the tap rooms. Uh, we do a collaboration cider with True North Cider out of Camrose. Oh, and cool. So it's a passion fruit cider with a little bit of citrus dry hop. And so we work with them and designed the recipe and built it together and we supply the hops and they do the cider. And so we can have that at our tap room. And True North does some really nice ciders. Right um, on. Yeah, very creative flavors, but they're all very drinkable, approachable. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're great. Noob, I would recommend out of Edmonton, Broken Spoke Cider as well, which you'll, you'll find them at uh, farmer's markets, and I, and I like it as well. It's my I like uh, my ciders to be a little bit more dry, like not as sweet. Sometimes I'll cut my ciders with a bit of ice, um, and uh, I've really enjoyed Broken Spoke. Is there one you'd recommend, Andrew? Ciders, man. I haven't drank a cider in You're not a big cider a guy? A minute. Um, who's our guys in Calgary? We use uh, Sunny Cider. Village? Sunny Cider, yeah. Sunny. yeah, yeah village, sunny is Village Craft? They yeah, are, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like the, yeah, yeah. There's a technical definition that like the Small Brewers Association uses to define craft, and it's just it's about being independently owned by a certain number of people, and then there's like a production size. I don't okay. remember it all. The off production, the top of my like, head. is it fifty thousand or five hundred thousand hectoliters annually? Can you guys put that into normal person language, like a hectoliter? Like how many cans? A is hectoliter that? is a hundred liters. Would be two fifty liter kegs. Two fifty liter kegs. Yeah, okay, that's a hectoliter. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to talk more with these three. This is a chance for you to top up your brews. <clears throat> um, and Johnny you can grab another one if you want, but uh, you know, I, I just have to mention our sponsors that make this thing possible. Uh, so cool uh, to hear about all the things that are going on with our good friends at Kubi Renewable Energy right now. Um, and I always encourage you, I know I send you to kubienergy.ca because that's where you can get your free solar quote, but check them out on Instagram as well. It's a great way to meet team members of theirs like Paul. He's in the employee spotlight right now, but you can also check out photos on some of their recent installs. These are like the cleanest solar installs you're going to see. You know, right now, while renewable energy is making up about 15% of Alberta's electricity profile, that's going to double by 20 30. You can learn more about that from the leading industry experts at Kubi Energy. You'll find them on Instagram plus kubienergy.ca. If you're thinking of a new opportunity right now, it could be a new job. Maybe it's a you want to learn more about a subject that's intriguing you. Maybe you just want to get back to school just to better yourself. Tens of thousands of Canadians are checking out Athabasca University. Why? Because the schedule works. The schedule always works because it suits your lifestyle. You set the course. If you want to fast forward ahead in your studies, no problem. You want to take a break for your family vacation? Maybe your parents need you. Maybe they're ill. Maybe you need a mental health break. Uh, Maybe you just don't feel like studying. Whatever it is, Athabasca University offers flexibility. You can check out the link, How AU Works. Learn more about credit for experience, what the first year online looks like, and how you can get started by visiting AthabascaU.com. CA. We also wanted to mention to you that Friesen Brothers has some really cool stuff going on right now, including October Feast. Yeah, that's right. Coming up October 21st and 22nd at their Friesen Brothers Fresh Market stores from 4 to 8 p.m. A German-inspired all-you-can-eat meal. 25 bucks for all the goodies, including Alberta Beef Roulade and pork schnitzel, Ivan's sausage, chicken fricassee, and then the sides, German potato dumplings, garlic butter mashed potatoes, braised red cabbage, sauerkraut, soft pretzels, and more. You can find out the details at Friesen.com, or of course, you can just go visit them in store. That's October Feast on October 21st and 22nd. And before we get back to our brewers, I wanted to tell you about something quickly, Real Talkers. I'm really excited to be hosting Barney Bentall and the Caribou Express. It's a fundraising concert coming up in Edmonton on October 28th in support. It's not in Edmonton, actually. Sherwood Park, I owe you an apology. It's at Festival Place, a beautiful venue in Sherwood Park, all in support of CASA Mental Health. You know CASA doing incredible work for youth mental health. That's young people, typically age 3 to 17, resources for their families as well. And this Canadian music icon is bringing his whole band in 
to help raise money and ensure that those mental health services continue through the year. You can learn more by checking out casamentalhealth.org. That's also where you can get your tickets. And I hope to see you at Festival Place in Sherwood Park, October 28th for Barney Bental and the Caribou Express. Hanging out with Chelsea Tessier from Polyrhythm Brewing, Cole Boyd from Bent Stick Brewing, and Andrew Ironmonger from the Alberta Craft Brewing Guide, the Craft Beer Guide. Um, what, is, what does Alberta Beer Week mean to you? Obviously, people shine the spotlight on Alberta beers. It's a chance, I would imagine, for some networking. But but what do you get most excited about? I guess this is going to be your first one as an this owner, is our first right? One. Yes. Yeah. Um, for me, I've been involved with the Alberta Beer Awards um, every year since they've been a thing. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, usually, I just judge it. But this year, I have also entered. So being a part of that and being in the room and seeing everyone um, get awards for all of their hard work is, I think, yeah, really rewarding to, to see that and be in that room. How about you, Cole? Yeah, I've been involved with Alberta Beer Week as a sales rep and stuff for probably the last seven years now. And uh, now just I was the chair of the Unity Brew Committee. And so that Unity Brew kickoff is today. Um, and that sort of launches the Alberta Beer Week thing. And there tends to be Breweries will do different events and promotions and a lot liquor stores and restaurants will sometimes uh, do what they can to pump the tires in Alberta beer. It's just about bringing more exposure to the work we're doing um, in, yeah, in building community and giving people places to gather and things to talk over and, uh, yeah. Can I pick your brain on sales? Yeah. So what's the, the biggest chance, like... I'm curious to know you don't have to like open up your books, uh, but but show us your numbers when it comes to when it comes to, we've Johnny's prepared this slide deck. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we managed to get your most recent tax returns. Uh, no, but, sold but out. <laughs> when it comes to re- revenue or, or what keeps the business afloat or what helps the business grow, how much is tap room like what's consumed on site? How much is cans that people pick up in liquor stores? How much is getting on taps in bars and restaurants? How does how does that all work? I mean, it depends from brewery. There's some breweries that exist solely on their tap room. They have much smaller brew houses and footprint and they can keep the lights on and people paid with just their taproom traffic um and since moving to our new shop it's become a much much bigger part of our business um and it's been super cool just to see our brewery become a place where people come to hang out and you get regulars and people build their visit to ben stick into their week we're a dog friendly brewery and so like it's fun seeing on saturday every week you get the same people that they take their dog for a walk and they finish it bent stick for a pint and a bag of cheesies and they go home. Um, but prior cheesies, what do you pair? What beer do you pair with cheesies? Any beer pairs it's with Hawkins cheese. It's Hawkins cheesies, like yeah. the old school yeah. proper cheesies. Yeah. Rebellion the- Brewing made a cheesy beer and yeah. I had it. They put Hawkins cheesies in a Vienna lager and it was actually good. <laughs> it was actually good. really yeah. wow. Yeah. Hey, so can you explain to me, Charles, as a brewer yourself, like? If you wanted to take a risk on something like that, yeah, like mm-hmm. you, you mean they literally dumped a bunch of cheesies yeah. into a huge, but bat, it was right? only like forty liter batch. Okay, so. I wanted to ask you, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so because have you ever had something go completely sideways and wrong? Uh, yeah, home brewing, you try lots of different things. Um, some things like I did uh, a fig and dried apricot beer, uh, not realizing that dried apricots have uh, sulfur. Okay. Yeah. So it just smells like farts. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Nobody enjoyed it. <laughs> no, that, was, that went down the drain. <laughs> Edmonton Breweries do a fun thing too in January to try to just get people to come out and we kick off the the Weird Beer Festival, which oh, yeah. is uh, analog brewing is kind of spearheaded that. Those guys have done a lot of work there. But any brewery in Edmonton that wants to participate brews a weird beer and it's available in tap rooms and it's like a passport thing so you can go around to all the different breweries that are participating and try the weird beers and like this year we're we're using a hundred kilograms of fortune cookies from our landlords yes (laughs) really yeah so we'll see if that goes bad or not okay but hang on a hundred kilos of fortune cookies uh by the way my son wyatt who's eight years old tried to pin me down with one of the oldest math questions in the book the other day he said hey dad what weighs more one pound of feathers or one pound of bricks i was like I Same. see where we're going with this, kiddo. <laughs> but a hundred fortune cookies weigh but nothing. How many? Like what is? What is several boxes. Of is that fortune. like oh, okay. a bedroom full of? No, 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 no. <laughs> How it's... many pallets? Are they individually wrapped? 
No, no, they are. Can you imagine? Un- un- the, the fortune out of everyone. Someone, you, you, yeah. Yeah, they're contributing to the local economy, hiring someone specifically to yeah. open fortune cookies. Um, I, this is a great question from Jason. Uh, Jason says, I'm a non-drinker, uh, but I pro- I'm profoundly happy to go to our Main Street tap room in Fort McLeod. Shout out to Fort McLeod today. He says, Stronghold Brewery has made a community gathering spot. Cole, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. He says, it's spectacular what these breweries have done. Jason says, I would love some non-alcoholic suggestions. I'd love to hear that, Jason. Is there is there anybody in Alberta? Are there craft breweries? Like, is there a market? Yeah. Cole, you're nodding like big time. I'll get to you, Andrew, as well. But what do you think, Cole? What, what, who's catching your attention? Uh, I mean, we just have, like like I said, we're a community space, and we try to be inclusive for whoever's there, whether it's you know parents bringing their kids in or there's people that don't drink, uh, gluten-free folks. And so we try to have something for everyone. And so we use, uh, like in our tap room, you can usually get, there's a, a non-elk gin and tonic from Confluence Distilling in uh, Calgary. Yeah. Uh, St. Albert's got Black Diamond Distilling, and they do a, a non-alcoholic Earl Grey Moscow Mule. That's just fantastic. Um, we've used uh, the Fuzzy Peach uh, Ale from, or non-alcoholic ale from Town Square Brewing here in town. Um, yeah, we just try to have some options and a good mix of stuff, kombuchas and local sodas and things. But There's also a category in the Alberta Beer Awards for the non-alcs. So oh, great. So that will be coming out. Yep. You know what? I love that. Like on, I didn't even know that until you told me right now. But I think that most, and and I can't speak on behalf of somebody that's that's a non-drinker because I obviously enjoy beer. But but friends of mine are, uh, and, and some of them have been sober for years. Um, and it feels like they they've always had to compromise if they want to drink a non-alcoholic beer. It's always been kind of lousy. But it sounds like that's not the case anymore. I think yeah, a lot more breweries are getting into it. It's really hard to make a beer that doesn't have any alcohol because you lose all the body and the flavor. So it's really hard, but a lot of people are are looking into it. It's a it's becoming a lot more popular. Oh, that's great! I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Is there one that just say a few examples? Like SYC has Phantom Buzz, Sea uh, Change has uh, Straight Edge, and if you like beer but you start the day with that beer, it's a good beer. Uh, and they're getting much better. But you're absolutely right, Chelsea. It's like, it's hard unless you have this giant multi, multi-million dollar organization where you can have a, was it a de-alcoholizer where you yeah. actually remove alcohol from beer? Like that's what Guinness and Heineken, all these big brands have and they tend to taste a little better. Yeah, there's because different ones. Like Toolshed's got a cool Oh, Toolshed's is really it, good. Theirs yeah. is like a... No Rage? Yeah, they Tool have, shed they, down yeah. in Calgary. Yeah, they have three different non-elk beers right now. But yeah. they have they're, they're, the way the process works is it actually peels the – they have to make the beer a little bit stronger, I think, and then it peels the alcohol one way, and then they get the non-elk beer, and then I think they maybe do like a seltzer or something with all the alcohol they peel, yeah. peel out. Um, to smart. It's Bunny great. Slippers says, if anyone can tap that craft root beer market, I'm in. Bunny Slippers, it is my pleasure to direct you to AnnexAles.com. Annex has a fantastic craft root beer. Yeah, they uh, do. They do a really good job Incredible. there. Yeah. yeah. Our son, Wyatt, Carrie and I aren't sure how we feel about it. He calls it kids beer. We're like, yeah. eh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danger, <laughs> danger. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out from Giants for Life says the super saturation from Cabin Brewing in Calgary is delicious. It's also got one of the greatest can designs that I've ever seen. So vintage. Yeah, it's vintage blue, red, and yellow. I love the colors there. So uh, I didn't ask you, Andrew. Uh, uh, Alberta Beer Week. Uh, why do you think it's important or why do you get geared up about it? Yeah, so one thing that Cole touched on is like about community. I've always been a big proponent of um, like the the more friends you have in the game, the more you can learn. So even before, you know, for years and years and years, I would just invite people over and be like, hey, you brewer, you need to meet this brewer. This brewer needs to meet that brewer. I just want to bring people together because collectively, and that's what I like about our basketball team too, there's a bunch of business owners on it. And when you have more friends that are dealing with the same problems you have, you can help each other. You guys talk about, hey, use this hop. Yo, don't like stay away from that stuff. Go for this one. It's way better. Or this is a good price right now. Or even people reaching out. If you have more contacts with people in your phone, like, hey, we messed up and we need more cans or can lids or like we need a pallet of malt. Like who can help us? Mm-hmm. And everyone like jumps in and is like, yeah, we got you. We got you. And you pay them back when you get it, whatever. It's yeah. so important to have that deep, deep network. And I feel like I love Calgary. Don't get me wrong. I love Calgary. Um, Here it comes. Edmonton is just it's a tighter <laughs> scene because we're a lot of us hang out with each other a lot more. And like building Hot Pocket, building Happy Beer Street. There's no animosity between the two. There's just a 
Can I swear on this show? Yeah, you can it's say It's the fucking the fuck river between the city. It's not a barrier. <laughs> God damn it. I hate that shit. Anyway, cross the river. It's not going to kill you. I feel like you just you. needed to get that out. <laughs> out <of here. laughs> Dude, how many people are like, it's across the river? Like, it's like a road that you don't go down. Come on. Um, anyway, there's, there's a huge, strong community in the Edmonton brewing scene, and I really, really want to keep that going as much as I can as possible. But like your homies with, you know, you can look in your phone and you probably have contacts for just about every brewery in the city, if not all of them, right? Yeah, like we got in on the order that that blueberry from that beer, we ordered our apricot on the same order and split shipping, for example. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. So we just worked together. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch <laughs> of things like that. There's a couple group chats and it's like, hey, we need tr- cardboard trays for for cans to go in when we ship them out. Like, who needs trays right now? And then people say, like, yeah, I need a pallet. I need two pallets. And then all of a sudden you put together a full truckload and you've saved everyone hundreds of, or thousands of dollars. And I get why people do that because you just said, number one, you're building community and you're helping each other out. And number two, you're saving money. But also like the traditional business perspective well i don't know if i actually mean this what i'm about to say but for a lot of for a lot of people for a lot of people the business perspective would be our competition can't get their hands on hops which means they can't brew which means that we can put our boot on their necks for the next couple of weeks you know what i mean yeah i mean there's probably a little bit of there's some like rare varieties of hops that some people will make a deal with a provider and be like can i get all of those Um, right but most most local breweries aren't in that position to yeah. do that nor do they want to right it's like yeah most yeah it doesn't happen yeah. very often but yeah. like yeah there's some stuff that's harder to get but for the most part when we can help each other we do this is cool from tracy on the chat says it's so interesting to learn about the behind the scenes i think this maybe came in uh, on the chat the message did when we were hearing about your background uh but <laughs> she said just hearing about the different career stories and, and and people's occupations or the career pathways and what brought them into brewing um it's kind of similar uh to, to cannabis in in the province because if you think about it you know cannabis was all of a sudden legal and then all of a sudden you had really skilled growers and everyone's going well that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) because it just became legal and there's all these people that are really good at it uh but but Mm -hmm. that industry and and actually and i maybe we can get into i'd be curious for your takes i don't I, i don't know if if um you you will have insights on this maybe you will but but the craft brewing scene seems to be going up up and away and Alberta cannabis producers, uh, including our company, Joy Botanicals, shout out, um, they're producing really great bud, but the industry's really, really struggling. Um, there's a lot of regulations. Uh, there's a lot of factors that contribute to it. But, but you know, there were, uh, I mean, the number of licensed producers, LPs, we call them growers in the province of Alberta has been cut by like, 75% in the past couple of years and it's really tough to see because people are losing their shirts people are losing their jobs and it's and, and it's a difficult I scenario think, I think a lot of people jumped on that train like yes there's lots of very talented people in that industry same with beer but I feel like there's a lot more people getting into the like the weed game for cash they're like this is gonna be a huge stock this okay. is gonna be a big win we're gonna make so much money and I think like yes make profit be sustainable grow your business but if you're in it for that first you're probably gonna fail If you're a brewer who's like, you know, brewers have challenges. It's also heavily regulated compared to a lot of other things. Um, There still are restrictions. It's getting better, but it's still difficult. Um, But if you're in it because you love it, you'll find a way to make it work. Yeah, I think also being a brewer and an owner makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. because you care about the ingredients going in. If something's not right, you're willing to dump the batch and not put it out. Yeah, you're keeping your, your product quality high and your brand integrity high. And spending a little bit more money on ingredients and local yeah. ingredients but too. people can tell like people aren't dumb and eventually the good ones tend to succeed yeah and there's a there's a few things within that as well like alberta has the most open liquor market in the whole country uh anyone can sell beer in alberta uh i think it's like an 80 dollar fee and you can sell beer from anywhere in the world in alberta once you get it here mm-hmm. um you just have an agency that handles it and can go to any liquor store and bar anywhere in the province and it was that way forever. Um, and then in 2014, the the liquor laws changed. So prior to 2014, you needed to be able to to be have a brewery. You needed to be able to make 250,000 liters of beer a year with uh, the capacity to do twice that. And like Benstick, seven years in, we won't make 250,000 liters of beer this year. Uh, and so the like the the barrier to entry prior to 2014 was super super high. And uh, but we were also getting the best beer from around the world in our liquor stores because it was so easy to sell beer here. 
Um, and so it's like a perfect storm of 2014 happens. They remove the minimum production limit. So now you can make one liter of beer and have a brewery. <laughs> but you've also been tasting the best beer in the world. And so you have people that home brewing has been legal. Maybe not so much like the cannabis growers, but home brewing has been legal <laughs> forever. And so we had really, really skilled home brewers that just I can never afford to, like a million dollars to start a brewery in 2014. Yeah. And all of a sudden the cost of that drops substantially. And you have these people with immense skills and like a palate for great beer come. And then all of a sudden the beer started to take off and we had the high watermark for, you know, what's a good IPA? What's a good Pilsner? What's a good Porter? And we were brewing to the best stuff we were tasting from around the world already. Hmm. And, uh, so like Alberta's maturation. It's a very, it's like it's a very free market. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not a protectionist market. Nope. Right. Because part of me is like, um, and I remember like, and my memory's hazy on this, not because of the beers we're drinking right now, but just because there's, <laughs> there's, there's been time. Johnny, this was like in my previous radio career, my trip, but I remember I was interviewing at that time when the NDP was in government, it was F finance minister Joe Cece. And I remember talking to him about the changes that they were making to, to, to help craft brewers. And I don't remember the details of it, but I remember at that time, the government was the, the, the their messaging was that they were wanting to make life easier to make it more possible for craft brewers to thrive. But then at the same time, the spirit of Alberta, so to speak, um, generally speaking, is that consumers should have access to the best in the world. That's kind of the idea of the free market. And if your beer is brewed in Alberta and it's and it can compete with the best, that's great. And you should have as few barriers to entry as possible. But we don't want to have a protectionist market where you can't bring in, you know, a great Czech Pilsner or a great German Hefeweizen or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the big thing is that I think that government specifically was just concerned about. Anyone can sell beer here, but the flaming hoops and sharks you need to jump over to sell beer in Ontario is ridiculous. Right. And so any beer from Ontario spends the $80, they ship the beer here, they're, they're for sale in Alberta stores, but we don't have that same opportunity that way. I know you probably they don't. They don't even have that opportunity in Ontario. No. Yeah. those places. To get into the LSBO is really hard. And to put like a new beer, like you just don't do that in Ontario. You just put your cores. Mm -hmm. Is it easy for you to list SKUs in Alberta, like to, yep. to get oh, new, yeah. new so beers easy. online? I registered uh, six last week. Okay, great. I heard the Alberta. I, I haven't Sometimes confirmed this. Sometimes slow. They're three days instead of like two. But <laughs> I always say the stuff I can't confirm in the second half of the show. So uh, you know, but I, I've heard that Alberta's dropping the price for cannabis SKUs, uh, which should be interesting. I mean, I know that they're like trying the to do little things. No, but like you know, it was like twenty five hundred. This isn't my business. I oh, shouldn't yeah, talk. Yeah too much about it but it was like $2,500 to put a new skew out for AGLC so if you want to oh, if, if an LP wow. wanted to roll out a new strain um, you know it's it's like a significant cost wow. to even get it available yeah, yeah. Uh, where and I think that they're they're, they're recognizing and, and again when you're talking to government all you have to say is like when and they know it like when businesses go under people are unemployed and you're losing revenue streams so yeah. like you know let's do what we can to, to help support them the, yeah, the other cool thing is uh, Saskatchewan, their liquor board talks to our liquor board. So um, any liquor store in Saskatchewan can send a message to Alberta and just get the beer imported. Right so on. It's, yeah, it's super easy and... Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice if all the liquor boards talk yes. to each other like that. Yes. Um, before we wrap, I, I just want to make sure we don't uh, like miss a big storyline or miss a big angle. So we just love to give our, our roundtable participants a chance for kind of like, you know, we'll have fun with it. Call it a closing statement or whatever you want. But something on your mind, something you want people to know about, another beer you want to chat about. Chelsea, what do you want to have the audience uh, have on their radar through this weekend? Um. I'm not sure. You wanna you wanna go first, Andrew? Yeah, I gotta try this. By the way, before yeah, we go, it. Cole, I gotta try this juice box here of this grape Cole. This sounds amazing. All right, I, I just I, I'm a big fan of these guys. They're good friends of mine, but they make stellar product. Um, it's Ale Architect. So one of them's an engineer, one of them's a designer by trade, but also one of them brewed at in Camrose at the Norseman Inn for almost eight years, um, and they've worked at various breweries. They're just like hardworking dudes um, that make really good beer. What I love about their design is that every can label is unique. So when you get a four pack of, this is their little crispy, their Hellas Lager, if you like crispy, refreshing, like, He's pointing right Sa at Johnny. Safe beers, Johnny? <laughs> is this uh, I eat this is the one you want. bags of chips when I drink <laughs> beer as well? <laughs> uh, you'll need to try this. Um, but when you get a four pack of this, the labels are similar, but every single label is unique. 
they wrote an algorithm that prints different patterns of those colors and they're all individually numbered as well which is really cool so it's number 1921 and it's just it's just this nerdy thing that most people might not notice um but you have a piece of art on every little can and uh yeah they just make stellar products and their their tap room is just gorgeous they're one of the newest breweries in the city too so Give them some love. And if you like, you're like, wow, I just like normal beers. Da, 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 da. Drink something crispy and local. And then the money stays in the community. This juice box hero is phenomenal. That's Thanks, great. <laughs> and and, and uh, like, it's really good. I, you don't want me to say it tastes like church communion, but it does. <laughs> you, don't want, you guys can't put that on a billboard, but. This yeah. is really good, man. Yeah, thanks. How important is good labels? I mean, your brand, the Benstick brand, is really strong. How how important is that? It's pretty important. I, mean, I like. We got so lucky when we were setting the brewery up. Ben, one of our partners, swiped right as he was in the dating game, and swiped right on a graphic designer who helped design our whole brand. <laughs> from what? Up. And, oh uh, wow! And Jen has been phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I just love that you can. You can tell a Ben Stick beer from across the cooler. If you walk into a, a liquor store, you can see where the Ben Stick stuff is. And yeah. despite them all being slightly different, like it, there's just a visual recognition. And so, yeah, all that credit goes to, to Tinder and swiping right. Charles, make sure make sure you hold up one of your cans so that that's your camera. That's your number. That's your isolated camera way up there. Well, who does your branding? Tell us about your branding. Um, yeah, the, this was, we designed it, uh, came up with the concept and had a graphic designer kind of touch it up. I love um, it. But a little bit about our logo. So it's... A polyrhythm is uh, many rhythms put together. And so as you go around the circle and there's the different shapes, it's a different beat. So as you go around, it creates a rhythm with many beats, many rhythms. Very yeah. cool. And I the Alberta, Alberta Rockies kind of inspired in the record in the middle. Cool. Now you got a sticker on it though. What's that sticker on your can? Uh, yeah. So this got a, a judge's selection at the Alberta Beverage Awards. So, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. In year one, that's got to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You're used to winning trophies, though. Aren't you like the most <laughs> winningest home like, homebrewer? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. 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 She's got medals, baby. Trophies. Yeah. yeah. But actually, the record thing, that reminds me of something cool that we're doing. So on Fridays, uh, we spin records at the brewery. So if you bring in a record, uh, we'll play it, and you get $2 off your first beverage. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You've got, you got to have rules in place, though, right? Like some people, I've, I've known people, it's like jukebox sabotage. They go in there and burn play, play word. brutal songs. You know, how do you, 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 you can't guarantee people yeah. you'll play their record, right? Yeah, yeah, we haven't encountered that yet. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see. No yeah. stairway. Yeah, no stairway to heaven. That's right. I'm bringing in Richard Pryor. I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of your tap room, though, your tap room's like cozy. The upstairs is yeah. like a little lounge, there's a little living room. Like. We designed it a little bit different. Um, we've been to a lot of breweries that have like an industrial look. We wanted something different. So our up, we have an upstairs mezzanine that looks into our brewery. And uh, all the walls are like dark blue, uh, really cozy vibes. We have carpets and some retro furniture. We designed it kind of like uh, like going into your parents' like basement. It's like a jam space. So cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I can't wait to visit. I haven't been in there yet. And I'm <laughs> well, really, we're only seven months old. <laughs> I know, but I know, but I have no excuse. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that. Did you come up with a final thought or, you know? I think just, yeah, the records and. Um, oh, yeah, that was yeah. a good final thought. Yeah. yeah, right on. We'll give final word to you, Ironmonger. Or did Cole? Cole. You skipped me entirely. Yeah. I didn't mean You're to. Killing no, me. we're going to go twice. Yeah, and it's the juice box <laughs> hero. Blame the juice box yeah. hero. 9 no. a.m. beers. 9 a.m. beers, yeah. No, the, the only thing I'll, I'll plug here is uh, just circling back to the Alberta Beer Week. And uh, so today's the kickoff of it. Uh, Unity Brew will be available at all of the member breweries that were able to snag any. Uh, Wednesday night is the Alberta Brew Awards. At Brewery Awards hosted in Calgary at the Windsport facility. Uh, I think the tickets for that are actually sold out. There might be a live stream for they it. They should wanna, live stream it. Well, that's cool. If you yeah. want to jump in and see who's winning what. But yeah, over the next seven days, uh, try to swing out to a local brewery and see what they're up to. And uh, yeah, bring some friends and just go hang out and enjoy the atmosphere and the products that are being made because we do it all for, for you guys. And we'd love to see you. Our, li it. our live chat loves these guys. They said, uh, Tracy just said these three should have their own beer podcast. So <laughs> we could produce well, that. Well, talk to us about that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I was running a podcast for a while and then some things happened. And then I was working with a brewery for a, for a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, but I will be kicking that off again oh, you will be. right away. Okay. Um, so I'm okay, excited good. to interview all the Edmonton breweries, all our outlying like 
surrounding breweries and people that represent Alberta beer. Okay, well, you even us- bring you on it one day. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, imagine that. Um, <laughs> let, let us know when it's up and running again, and we'll obviously yeah, let appreciate real that. talkers know and be happy to promote it. Yeah, and we'll just bring you guys back. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you've been hearing from uh, Chelsea Tessier from Polyrhythm Brewing, Cole Boyd from Bent Stick Brewing, and Andrew Ironmonger from the Alberta Craft Beer Guide on this edition of the Real Talk Roundtable. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. This has seriously been so much fun. Yeah, thanks oh, for yeah. having us. Um, not, and, just cause uh, not just because of the booze. Not just not just because of the beer. I mean, I think today was fun. Uh, no, beers but, uh, every day to start your show. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, and and we'll let everybody know that you guys aren't going anywhere, and everybody's getting home safe, and we're going to hang out for a little bit here. And just like in all seriousness, um, you know. I just want to make sure that we say that as well. We have a lot of fun here. Um, actually, I'm making a judgment call on the fly, and I'm going to read something. I'm going to read something really powerful that somebody Ooh. sent me a while ago. This is a real talker who, who um, um, she approached me, and uh, I'm going to read this message. I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm going to do it. Um, I'm not going to say her name. She said, um, I love you guys a lot. Talking about the show. Um, she said, um, I've learned a lot. Um, she said, I, I even, she said, I, I, I support your show. She said, I even visited Friesen brothers for the first time a little while ago. She said, but I, I have a hard time seeing all your posts about beer and, um, she's endeavoring to, uh, get sober. And she said, and it's been triggering at times. And she said, this time of year is a challenging time for anybody that's working on sobriety. And my uncle just passed away and he lived a hard life of addiction. And she said, I guess I just want it to be on your radar. And I want you to know that there's a lot of people that struggle right now with their next drink. Um, and I wish that, uh, thoughtful conversations didn't always require a stocked beer fridge. So I'd love for you to show me some non-alcoholic stuff. Um, and I replied to her and I just kept it personal. I'll keep it personal, but it was just such a meaningful message. And I just wanted to recognize that as well. Um, as part of this conversation, we call it real talk. We'll keep it real. And I wanted that person, you know, who you are, who sent me that message to know how much that meant to me and how much it resonated with me. So thanks. This is, I mean, in so many ways, as you celebrate the community of the craft brewing scene, uh, we celebrate the community that real talk brings together and people from all different walks of life and all different experiences and have so much respect for that and so much love for those friends of ours. Um, these conversations happen because of uh, oftentimes family owned businesses, uh, like the Cardinals and the Liebers that own the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. And right now I wanted to talk to you about what they've got going on at the Dairy Queens and Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount and Baseline Road. They've got that sauced and tossed honey garlic chicken strip basket, relatively new. They've got the four or six peat basket. I say go with the six pieces, obviously. This is the honey garlic flavor that you love. And of course, they've got those classic DQ fries with them as well. You got the fine balance of honey, sticky sweetness, and aromatic garlic that creates a distinct but mild taste. You can pick up the sauced and tossed honey garlic chicken strip basket at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Let them know that Real Talk sent you. Complete Care Restoration. They're the ones that built this beautiful studio for us. And every time we welcome guests, every time that this Real Talk Roundtable is happening live in studio, we're grateful for the fine craftsmanship from the team at Complete Care Restoration. They can definitely help you out if you experience fire, flood, if you've got asbestos or mold that needs to be taken care of. But as you can see on their website, they do construction and renovation as well. I'm showing it to you right now, completecarerestoration.ca. If you're looking at maybe converting an office building into condos, or, or maybe you got another big plan in place, you see a real estate opportunity. How about what Ben Stick did? Taking a 100-year-old warehouse and turning it into an innovative, cutting-edge brewery. That's right in their wheelhouse at Complete Care Restoration. You can also give them a call at 780-454-0776. And if you're thinking that this spring, hopefully into next summer, I know it feels like forever away, but if you're hoping that that means a reinvention of your outdoor space and improvement in your property value and your quality of life as you enjoy your front yard, your backyard, or wherever you could use landscaping, we personally recommend Eden Landscaping. You can find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca, a custom landscape builder with more than 20 years of on-the-ground experience in Edmonton and area. doesn't matter if it's something relatively small, like you want to put in some irrigation sprinkler systems, or maybe you need a retaining wall repaired or installed, or heck, maybe you want a total overhaul, including water features and outdoor kitchens. They can do it at Eden Landscaping. You'll find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca. Outdoor kitchens. Wow. Man, it seems Must like more nice. and more. You know, uh, you know that actor Anthony Tucci? 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's he's one of those guys that like I I off the top of my head can't even name one movie that he's in. But every time I see him in a movie, I just love. Say, there's the Tooch. There's the Tooch. <laughs> Everybody knows Anthony Tucci. Uh, I saw on Instagram over the weekend. He just he posted. Someone was filming it. Maybe his girlfriend, wife, who knows, friend of his. Um, but but he was out there in his outdoor kitchen in his yard, uh, and he had one of those old like the old school Italian forno ovens. Are oh, you talking about Stanley Tucci? Oh, what did I say, Anthony? Tucci? Anthony Tucci. Oh, I'm thinking of Anthony Fauci. Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci, amazing, because he always gives people... Like, this just reiterates that I didn't give him enough respect. Well, I just Googled it quick. I'm like, I, I don't think it's Anthony Tucci. But yeah, he's You're always right. making Thanks. like... what? What's the what's the drink? Campari? Or what? what's that drink? Uh, I don't know, but he just he, like... He got me onto that, and it's a very like... It's a weird drink, but he was the one who... I saw a video and I was like, I got to try this drink. So he's online and he's, yeah, he's getting everyone to try different types of whatever. But I saw the exact video you're talking about. He's, he's making beside, pizzas. Yeah, he's beside like a, a big oven in his backyard. So cool, and it's man. It's like an outdoor kitchen. And I feel like I want to do him justice and like, and, and, and read the movies that he's in. So, because I've already called him the wrong name. Oh, yeah. Um, Stanley Tucci's so in big everything. Night, big Night in 1986. He was in Spotlight in 2015. Of that ob- obviously won the Oscar. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada. Julie and Julia, which was yeah. a great movie. Movie, uh, I think that was Meryl Streep and Julie and Julia, wasn't it? And it was in uh, Captain and, America and Hathaway. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but the point is, I'm, I'm I had uh, I had forno oven envy <laughs> when I was watching Stanley Tucci on Instagram the other day. Uh, okay, we have um, a tradition. We're gonna get to an email. There's a tradition here, but I'm like I'm about to get roasted, and uh, that's kind of really part of, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's totally fine, and I we welcome this. You know, there's talk shows, there's radio shows, and they only ever read. The emails that are like, great job, guys. You're doing a great job. You guys are the best. No, we want to read the ones that are like, you guys are bullshit. You really? dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, let me throw up your contact and so info here, so, so you can get in touch with us anytime. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Letting them know exactly where they can find me. Because people ripping me a new one have always had a really hard time finding me online. So I appreciate you putting that out there. Uh, but this is a tradition, as you know, friends. Uh, and this is kind of a big deal as well, because this is the last time in Real Talk history that this tradition, the tradition staying. But this is the last time it's going to be called this. And so, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, let's get going on Trash Talk. All right, Russ was watching yesterday as I interviewed the Honorable Nate Horner, Alberta's Minister of Finance, talking about the Alberta pension plan. He says, Jespo, I got to say I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm okay with the fact that the finance minister was on your show. It's, it's in his mandate. Both sides should be heard. But there were a lot of opportunities to challenge him and dig into this that were missed. Uh, your listeners want you to hold your interviewees accountable, expose truth, get to the heart of the matter, and I don't feel that this happened. You know, emails from the usual suspects sure seemed like an easy way to discount a lot of Albertans who would be concerned about the government messaging with their retirement plans. Is email now the easiest way to convey your thoughts, especially in cities that don't have a conservative MLA? You did challenge him on the formula, uh, but he also dismissed it and said it's, uh, you know, it's complicated. Uh, Should a formula be subject to interpretation? E now equals MC cubed. You asked him about the money and he responded with a range of 260 to 360 billion dollars. That's a range of 100 billion fucking dollars, says Ross. Ross isn't wrong. He says, does that tiny rounding error flaw their whole rosy survey of do you want to spend less, get more and have your cake and eat it too? Like, how are they asking these questions when there's such a huge variance? how do you let a hundred billion dollars slide? You asked him about the cons and he got soft walked through the implications that may have for the rest of Canada. How come they didn't campaign on it? They hid from it. How about the structure of it? He opens right away with impact to the economy. Sure, if we're spending less on retirement, we have more to spend, but is he talking about politically directed investment? What actually does happen to Alberta's reputation and positioning in Confederation if we do that? So that's the goal? Listen, I get that this isn't your bullshit idea, Jespo, and you did have Dr. Trevor Toome and Shannon Phillips to present a different view, but he's not the minister in charge. Trevor Toome isn't. This is the person to really challenge and ask the hard stuff. Says, I was listening for solid questions, hard-hitting real talk, accountability. Today felt like it should have been fire, and we got tepid tea. That from Russ. Appreciate your point. I could respond. Maybe I will in an email, but I'm just going to keep the ball rolling, Russ. Feedback like that is good for us to hear. And there will be more of these interviews. The conversation continues. MJ wrote in to say, I just finished listening to your interview with the finance minister regarding the Alberta pension plan. He's quite skilled at making an utterly ridiculous idea sound considerably less ridiculous than it actually is. I've read extensively on the topic and I can't see how anybody would think that this is a good idea. 
I've lived in Alberta for a long time, and I'm accustomed to the anger that comes every time a liberal government is elected federally, especially when that government overstays its welcome, like this one has, says MJ. By considering an APP, we're putting our own retirements at risk, and we will negatively affect our relationship with the rest of the country. I, like other longtime residents of Alberta, are not from here, and I'll gladly take my education experience and money to another province if the UCP starts fucking with my pension. I've upended my life once before to move to Alberta with retirement on the horizon. I will upend it again to relocate where a portion of my retirement savings may be safer. I'm a decade away from that retirement, and I'm not willing to have a portion of my retirement savings fucked with just so our provincial government can attempt to score political points and anger up their base, a province that doesn't seem to know any better. Finally, the online questionnaire, a complete joke. If you don't ask if I don't, you know, if I even want to eat a shit sandwich, don't have an entire questionnaire asking what my favorite toppings for the shit sandwich would be. And then MJ, as a true real talker, signs off. Have a great weekend. This one from John, who says, Jespo, I'm very disappointed in coverage of the NHL's decision to ban Pride tape. I completely agree. People should be able to attend a game and be able to leave the world behind. It would also be great for everybody to be in a position to do that, but that's just not the case. Homophobia and other discrimination and racism is still very prevalent within many mainstream sports, including hockey. Some people just don't feel welcome. They simply don't feel accepted by the fandom simply because of who they are, be it gay, brown, or female. And I'm glad that the delicate, snowflake-esque NHL fans can now feel unchallenged and comfortable in the hockey arenas. Maybe the NHL will expand that concept of acceptance to include their non-traditional fans. That from John. And this one from Marie, who says, Jespo, after listening to players' responses to the NHL's truly backward decision, I realize they're in a different and difficult position, and they're very unlikely to go against the new rules. But guess who isn't bound by Gary Bettman's rules? The fans! Perhaps we need to be encouraging people around the NHL who do support Pride to wear those Pride jerseys, wear Pride tape on their sleeves, Pride pins, whatever they have to games to make a statement to the NHL that they can't erase an entire group of people by ignoring their existence. Marie says, I also thought that if the NHL doesn't reverse the decision, we should start boycotting their sponsors so that the pressure is put directly where it counts on league revenues. That from Marie. You can send us your trash talk anytime. It'll have a new name next Friday to talk at ryanjesperson.com and we always welcome your feedback. You can find us at Real Talk RG on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. It's been a big week. It's been a heavy week, but we're grateful to be able to do this with you, our Real Talk fans. Thanks for liking our episodes, subscribing to us on YouTube and podcasts, and telling your friends. We'll see you again on Monday. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego, Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola. Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta, on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a relay project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com. <laughs>